0: Greetings, fellow Earthlings. This is Dave Smith with another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. <clears throat> want to talk to you about this crazy pandemic situation we're experiencing here. I don't know if we're asking enough questions. You know, it's always a good thing to ask questions. You always want to question authority. So, let me see if I can find... Uh... Find this clip I want to play for you here. Okay, so this clip is posted on YouTube by The Crow House. And and they say this in the description. Much of this video footage was taken from and influenced by New Normal, Pandemic Police State, by Resurrection Europa. And then they provide... The original extended version can be found here below. So if you are interested in checking out the full version of this, um, check it out there, and I'll go ahead and include this clip in uh, in the description of this episode as well. If someone had said to you in December that by April, millions of people all over the world would be infected with a mysterious new virus that has no vaccine... You'd think they were talking about a Hollywood script. It's happened so fast, it almost doesn't seem real. Coronavirus pandemic. Coronavirus pandemic. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. The COVID-19 virus. This horrible, invisible enemy. The virus of the virus. COVID-19. The coronavirus. COVID-19. The apocalypse. Most of us have never lived through anything like this. No one is immune. It threatens all of us. We're going to a different place which is a new normal, a new normal, a new normal, a new normal, a dinner where your temperature is checked before you walk in, a new normal, new normal, embrace the new normals of social distancing and sheltering in place, all the physical isolation, the new normal, The new normal, when we get out of the new normal and get to a new new normal, the new normal, this is the new normal. If you want to go to a restaurant, you're going to have your temperature taken before you're allowed inside to dine. So that's just the new normal. New normal. This new normal is going to look very, very different. Not normal, but a new normal. Long lines for food becoming a new normal. The new normal. New normal. There will be a new normal. A new normal. New normal. A new normal. The new normal. A new normal. This is the new normal. This is our new normal our new normal, a new normal, our new normal, new normal, the new normal, our new normal, we will transition into the new normal. And this new normal is just the normal of future generations. All of us should be able to name all the people we've been in close contact with over the last two weeks as a new normal. Our new normal, the new normal, our new normal, our lives will never be the same. The new normal, this new normal. I think everyone's life is completely disrupted. You know, your normal pattern of you know, go to meetings, uh, you know, watch events, and no normalcy as we knew it. This is not going to go away anytime soon. This will be the new normal until a vaccine is developed. The vaccine. The vaccine. A vaccine. The vaccine for this terrible virus. An amazing vaccine uh, to the entire world. The world awaits a vaccine. The vaccine. The vaccine. So anyway, you get the idea, right? It's like this is scripted. So very odd. Um, Very, very odd. So I just want to to provide options. And here's some interesting information. Um, This is coming from The Last American Vagabond. Uh, All roads lead to dark winter. This was written on, uh, or posted on April 20th, I'm sorry, April 1st of this year, 2020, and uh, written by Whitney Webb and Raul Diego. So the the header is, The leaders of two controversial pandemic simulations that took place just months before the coronavirus crisis Event 201 and Crimson Contagion share a common history. The 2001 biowarfare simulation, Dark Winter. Dark Winter not only predicted the 2001 anthrax attacks, but some of its participants had clear foreknowledge of those attacks. Alright, so let's get into it. During the presidency of George H.W. Bush in the early 1990s, something disturbing unfolded at the U.S. top biological warfare research facility at Fort Detrick, Maryland. Specimens of highly contagious and deadly pathogens, anthrax and Ebola among them, had disappeared from the lab. At a time when lab workers and rival scientists had been accused of targeting sexual and ethnic harassment and of targeted sexual and ethnic harassment, and several disgruntled researchers had left as a result. So the management of this place is in shambles, right? Okay, so in addition to missing samples of anthrax, Ebola, Hantavirus, and a variety of AIDS, variant of AIDS, Two of the missing specimens had been labeled unknown, an army euphemism for classified research whose subject was secret, according to reports. The the vast majority of the specimens lost were never found, and an army spokesperson would later claim that it was likely some were simply thrown out with the trash. How likely is that? I mean, these are like top secret things that we're spending tons of money to try to work on and develop. And, oh, yeah, I'm just going to toss it over here. Yeah, right. More likely sold to some third world nation or used by some evil supervillain within our deep state. Um, Anyway, here we go. An internal army inquiry in 1992 would reveal that one employee, Luternal, Lieutenant Colonel Philip Zack, had been caught on camera sec- secretly entering the lab to conduct unauthorized research, apparently involving anthrax. Uh, and this is by the Hartford Current. Oh, wait, the Hartford Current would later report... Despite this, Zach would continue to do infectious disease research for the pharmaceutical giant Eli Lilly and would collaborate with the U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, throughout the 1990s. The current also noted the uh, numerical counter on a piece of lab equipment had been rolled back to hide the work done by the mystery researcher Later revealed to be Zach, who left the misspelled label Anthrax, Anthrax without an H, in the machine's electronic memory. <clears throat> the current reported further detailed the the current report further detailed the lack of security controls and chaotic disorganization that then characterized the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases. Lab in Fort Detrick, the U.S. Amrid. The same lab would a decade later be officially labeled as the source for the anthrax spores responsible in the 2001 attacks, attacks which are also officially said to have been the work of a deranged U.S. Amrid researcher. Despite initially having been blamed on Saddam Hussein and Iraq, and I and iraq by top government officials and mainstream media those attacks killed five americans and sickened 17. yet at the investigation into the 2001 anthrax uh, um, accusations from major u.s. newspapers soon emerged that the fbi was deliberately sabotaging the probe to protect the anthrax attacker and that the CIA and U.S. military intelligence had refused to cooperate with the investigation. FBI did not officially close their investigation into the 2001 anthrax attacks named Amerithrax until 2010, and aspects of that investigation still remain classified. More recently, this past July, the same Fort Detrick lab would be shut down by the CDC after it was found that researchers did not maintain an accurate or current inventory for toxins and failed to safeguard against unauthorized access to select agents. The closure of the lab for its numerous breaches of biosafety protocols would be hidden from Congress and the facility would would controversially be partially reopened last November before all of the identified biosafety issues were resolved. Wow. The same day the lab was controversially allowed to partially reopen, which was the result of heavy lobbying from the Pentagon, local news outlets reported that the lab had suffered two breaches of containment last year, though the nature of those breaches and the pathogens involved <clears throat> were redacted inspections inspection findings report obtained by the frederick news post notably, notably us amrid had since the 1980s worked closely with virologists and virology labs in wuhan china where the first epicenter of the current novel coronavirus covid-19 case emerged the Chinese government has since alleged that the virus had been brought to China by members of the U.S. military, members of which attended the World Military Games in the country last October. This is fascinating, right? Such similarities among these Fort Dietrich lab branches from the early 1990s to 2001 to present day Maybe nothing more than unfortunate coincidences, but as the result of a stubborn federal government and military that have repeatedly refused to enforce the necessary stringent safety precautions on the nation's top biological warfare laboratory. Like, you know, if there's anything we want to be secure, it would be that place. My God. Yet upon examining not only these biosafety incidents at Fort Detrick, but the 2001 anthrax attacks and the current COVID-19 outbreak, another odd commonality commonality stands out. High-level war game exercises took place in June 2001 that eerily predicted not only the anthrax attacks, but also the initial government narrative of those attacks and much, much more. So, this is fascinating, right? So, let's continue here. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a little distracted there. I had to turn off my notifications, I was getting pings. Um, that june 2001 exercise known as dark winter also predicted many aspects of government pandemic response that would later re-emerge in last october's simulation event 201 if you haven't seen anything on event 201 you need to you need to um, look it up on youtube it was basically a, uh, a worldwide pre-drill for the coronavirus, so that's pretty odd that they just did a drill on it. Anyway, event 201, which predicted a global pandemic caused by a novel coronavirus just months before the COVID-19 outbreak. In addition, the U.S. government would lead its own multi-part series of pandemic simulations called Crimson Contagion. That would also predict aspects of the COVID-19 outbreak and government response. Upon further investigation, key leaders of both Event 201 and Crimson Contagion not only have deep and long-standing ties to U.S. intelligence and the U.S. Department of Defense, they were all previously involved in that same June 2001 exercise, Dark Winter. Some of these same individuals would also play a role in the FBI's sabotaged investigation into the subsequent anthrax attacks and are now handling major aspects of the U.S. government's response to the COVID-19 crisis. One of those individuals, Robert Kadlec, was recently put in charge of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. Entire COVID-19 response efforts, despite the fact that he was recently and directly responsible for actions that needlessly infected Americans with COVID-19. Other major players in dark winter are now key drivers behind the biodefense mass surveillance programs currently being promoted as technological solutions to the COVID-19 spread. Despite evidence that such programs actually worsen pandemic outbreaks, others still have close connections to the insider trading that recently occurred among a small group of U.S. senators regarding the economic impact of COVID-19 and are set to personally profit from lucrative contracts that, de- that develop uh, not just one, but the majority of experimental COVID-19 treatments and vaccines currently under development by U.S. companies. And they're pushing to make these vaccines mandatory. Mandatory testing, mandatory vaccines. And they won't be free. Pelosi has come out and said, we need to make sure that it's affordable. Um, so I continue... This, investigation, this investigative series entitled Engineering Contagent, Amerithrax, Coronavirus, and the Rise of Biotech Industry Complex will examine disturbing parallels between the 2001 anthrax attacks and the current scandals and solutions of the COVID-19 crisis, as well as the simulations that eerily predicted both events. By tracing key actors in Dark Winter from 2001 to present, it is also possible to trace the corruption that has lurked behind U.S. biodefense and pandemic preparedness efforts for decades, and which now is rearing its ugly head as pandemic panic distracts the American and global public from the fundamentally untrustworthy and frankly dangerous individuals who are in control of the U.S. government and corporate america's response well said given their involvement in dark winter and more recently event 201 and Crim- crimson contagion this series seeks to develop to explore the possibility that just like the 2001 anthrax attacks government insiders had foreknowledge of the covid-19 crisis on a scale that thus far had gone unreported and that those same insiders are now manipulating the government's response and public panic in order to reap record profits and gain unprecedented power for themselves and control over people's lives. Enter the New World Order. Microchipping, mandatory vaccinations... A dark winter descends in late June, two thousand one. The U.S. military was prepare, preparing for dark winter at Andrew and Air. <clears throat> excuse me, at Andrews Air Force Base in Camp Springs, Maryland. Several congressmen, a former CIA director, a former FBI director government insiders and privileged members of the press met to conduct a biowarfare simulation that would precede both the September 11 attacks and the 2001 anthrax attacks by a matter of months. It specified simulate it specifically simulated the deliberate introduction of smallpox to the American public by a hostile actor. The simulation was a, a collaboration effort, Collaborative effort led by the Johns Hopkins Center for Civilian Biodefense Strategies, part of the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, in collaboration with the Center for Strategic and International Studies, CSIS, the Analytic Services, ANSER, Institute for Homeland Security, and the Oklahoma National Memorial Institute. For the prevention of terrorism. The concept design and script of the simulation were created by Tara O'Toole and Thomas Inglesby of the Johns Hopkins Center along with Randy Larson and Mark Demir of Answer. The full script of the exercise can be read here. Click. So if you want to check out this article, you can, there's a number of highlighted links. When they say a report, they've got a hyperlink. And right there, they've got a hyperlink where you can read the script of the exercise right there. So, that's, so this is really well reported. The name of the exercise derives from a statement made by Robert Kadlec, who participated in the script created for the exercise when he states that the lack of smallpox vaccines in the U.S. populace means that it could be a very dark winter for America. Cadillac, a veteran of the George W. Bush administration and a former lobbyist for military intelligence and intelligence contractors, is now leading HHS. COVID response and has led the Trump administration's 2019 Crimson Contagion exercises, which simulated a crippling pandemic influenza outbreak in the U.S., ...that had first originated in China. Cadillac's professional history, his decades-old obsession with apocalyptic bioweapon attack scenarios... ...and the Crimson Contagion exercises themselves are all the subject of part three of this series. So this is a a massive ongoing series that you've got to check out... Um, The Dark Winter exercise began with a briefing on the geopolitical context of the exercise, which included intelligence, suggesting that China had intentionally induced foot-and-mouth disease in Taiwan for economic and political advantage, that Al-Qaeda was seeking to purchase biological pathogens once weaponized by the Soviet Union, and that Saddam Hussein of Iraq had recruited formal bioweapons specialists from the Soviet Union and was importing materials to create biological weapons it further notes that the majority of americans had opposed a planned development a planned deployment of us soldiers to the middle east which was also opposed by iraq china and russia the script also asserts that soldiers were being deployed to counter and potentially engage the iraqi military later As the exercise unfolds, many of these Americans, once skeptical about this troop deployment, soon begin calling for revenge. Hmm. Amid this backdrop, news suddenly breaks that smallpox, a disease long eradicated in the U.S. and globally, appears to have broken out in the state of Oklahoma. The participants in Dark Winter, representing the National Security Council, quickly deduce that smallpox has been deliberately introduced and that this is the result of a bioterrorist attack on the United States. The assumption is made <clears throat> that the attack is related to decisions we may make to deploy troops in the Middle East. Not unlike what is unfolding, unfolding with the current COVID 19 crisis, in dark winter, there is no means of rapid diagnosis of smallpox, no treatment available, no surge capacity in the healthcare system. The outbreak quickly spreads to numerous other U.S. states throughout the world. Hospitals in the U.S. soon face desperate situations as tens of thousands of ill or anxious persons seek care. This is compounded by grossly inadequate supplies and insufficient isolation rooms, among other complications. So compounded by a horrible medical system built strictly on profit, since this exercise occurred in June of 2001, the heavy hinting that Saddam Hussein led Iraq and Al-Qaeda are the main suspects is notable. Hmm. Interesting. Indeed, at one point of the fictional news report used in this exercise, the reporter states that Iraq might have uh, provided the technology behind the attacks to terrorist groups based in Afghanistan. Wow. So they're naming their targets. Such claims that Iraq's government was linked to al-Qaeda in Afghanistan would reemerge months later in the aftermath of the 7th, uh, September 11th attacks and would be heavily promoted by several Dark Winter participants, such as former CIA director James Woolsey, who would later swear under oath that Saddam Hussein was involved in 9-11. It would, of course, later emerge that Iraq's connections to Al-Qaeda and the 9-11 attacks were non-existent, as well as the fact that Iraq did not possess biological weapons or other weapons of mass destruction. Notably, this insertion into one of the dark winter news clips was not the only part of the exercise that sought to link Saddam Hussein ...and Iraq to biological weapons. For instance, during, exor- during the exercise, satellites imaging, satellite imaging showed that a uh, suspected bioresearch facility in Iraq... ...appeared to be expanding an exclusionary zone... ...in order to limit civilian activity near the facility as well as, as, well as a possible quarantine area in the same area... Uh, of this facility previously in the exercise. Iraq was one of three countries along with Iran and North Korea who were repeatedly rumored to have illicitly contained, uh, obtained Soviet smallpox cultures from defecting scientists And Iraq was alleged to have offered employment to a leading smallpox scientist who had worked in the Soviet union. So uh, elaborate, elaborate pretext. Um, so I'm just going to go on for a few more minutes here, and then I'll wrap it. But uh, then at the end of the exercise, a prominent Iraqi defense de- defector emerges who claims that Iraq had arranged the bioweapons attack through intermediaries, which is deemed highly credible. And even though there's no forensic evidence to support the claim, Iraq officially denies the accusation, but vows to target the U.S. in highly damaging ways. In if the U.S. takes action against Iraq, it is thus unsurprising that, as will be shown later in the report, key participants in Dark Winter would heavily promote the narrative that Iraq was to blame for the 2001 anthrax attacks. Other participants, including Robert Kadlec, would then become involved in the FBI's sabotage investigation. So that's, the wording there is a little... This person's from Chile, so I think there's uh, I think there might be a little translation issue going on with some of the writing here. But fantastic article um, so you know it, government at work, propaganda at work. you never know what to believe. You never know what to believe. but a uh, lot of stuff. A lot of stuff to think about. Here's one. I'll end with this one. Weeks before the first anthrax case would be discovered on the evening of September 11, 2001, then-Vice President Dick Cheney's staff was told to start taking injections of the antibiotic Cipro in order to prevent anthrax infection. In addition, at least one member of the press, journalist Richard Cohen, then at the Washington Post, had also been told to take Cipro. Cipro, CIPRO. Soon after September 11th, after receiving a tip in the roundabout way from a high government official, who exactly in the Bush administration and in the beltway began taking CIPRO weeks prior to the anthrax attacks and for how long. It's kind of the wording is kind of weird. It's a little rough, but this is a fantastic article. Highly recommend it. Uh, really well researched with lots of uh, hyperlinks so that you can check out you know the sources on all this. Once again, um, this is on uh, thelastamericanvagabond.com dot and it's all roads lead to dark winter, written by uh, Whitney Webb and Raul Diego. So, thanks for tuning in, Earthlings. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. If you dig what I'm doing, please do subscribe and share. Let some people know what's going on over here. I think I'm up to (laughs) a couple listeners now. Anyway, peace out. Keep seeking the truth. And always look out for the lies.